Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. All right. Howdy, howdy. We're in. This yeah. is our day. I don't oh, know guys. why. I don't know. I got nothing to say to that. <laughs> nothing to say nothing to that? Nothing to say We are with our brand new microphones, so you're probably like, wow, how are these dynamic voices sounding so amazing in my stereo system? Crisp. Crisp. <laughs> so... Thank you once again to our donor who was able to get us some mic stands and dynamic mm. microphones that are really awesome from Sure. Father Father Paul's going to take the sticker, the free sticker that came <laughs> with it. People are going to be like, you into AV? You like Sure audio? Sure. Sure. I'm into AV. Sure. Absolutely. Um, hey, football season. It's coming. They're in training camp. Listen, Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're really invested. Listen, kind of know what's going on with the Cowboys. Here is the dilemma. Ready? I'm going to pull back the curtain for a moment. I'm going to shed light into our, I say our, mine and yours. And you probably don't even know all these things. Our personal fantasy football league and struggles Mm. that we're having. It is a struggle. So here's the whole deal. Several years ago when it started, there was like 10 of us and then it went to 12. And I think 10 to 12 is perfect. 10, you get like stack teams, some stack teams. 12, it it can be challenging, but it's still good, right? Last year, the problem was a few years ago, we removed some people. No, they they left on their own. One Mm. person because of price, the other person because of just time commitment. That's when you joined in. Yeah. I know a, you're not used year. to the, like the financial concerns of like oh, having never to even feed, look at the having to feed your children um, <laughs> What's a instead of uh, gambling away your money on fantasy football. <laughs> anyway, um, it's only sort of gambling. How is okay? There's anyway. so much skill involved. Uh, right, right. It's not right, just right, luck. Right. So then, these two people wanted back in though. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm loving these new marks. The the plot thickens. Gonna be playing with these all day. So we had to, um, yeah, we wanted to put them back in. So we went to a 14 team league, which, in my opinion, it was pretty rough. It's bloated. We both, I'll say that. I mean, we both made the playoffs. I mean, you know, come on, but. It was it was tough. If you didn't get a good draft position, if you just didn't, uh, things didn't fall your way, which is always part of gambling and always part of, you know, fantasy football. But especially this, there was no one on the waiver wire, no people to pick up. It was it was challenging, in my opinion. Do you agree? Yeah, I'm also distracted. These mics have like a new car smell thing going Oh my goodness. If you get your face so close to the mic to Yeah, before you did too, you just got used to it. Okay. Anyway, continuing <laughs> on. Did you so, have Tom Brady last year? Yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. you were like, I'm gonna roll the dice with Tom Brady, and then he was like number two quarterback <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, you got so lucky. Anyway, which is part of it, luck. But so being this is where youth and faith come in 
to play youth ministry and faith. In case you've already checked out from our show. Exactly. We're dealing with real life issues, which is conflict resolution. Mm. I felt like at the beginning of this year, I said, hey, this is what we got to do. Even though it may appear mean to some is we need to be transparent and say, guys, 14 is too many. I think these two people should be cut out. (laughs) No comment. Yeah, exactly. Because no one wants to say it, but everybody wants to think it. Everybody thinks that 14 is too many. But instead, we had to do these vote things. We had to guess this, guess this. We were going to do one league. Now it's kind of split into two leagues. I don't oh. think you even know that yet. No, that so hasn't they come split out on into the like, public Yeah, on the public forum. Chat. Yeah, I saw the commissioner. I have inside insider information. But essentially, now there's going to be two divisions of 10. So they're adding people. Oh. And I think four or six, it's undecided. We'll make it from each. And then the top one, top one. They could have some of the same players. Like you think about it last year, Cooper Cup, probably if you were on, Mm -hmm. if you had him on your team, you were in the championship. So my thing is on conflict resolution. Having a crucial conversation. Yeah, I feel (laughs) we avoid those instead of, and I know it's about fantasy football, which is like kind of funny and stupid, but it's like. Okay, and people are like, well, that might, you know, get that person's feelings hurt and this. I just feel like we can't be honest with someone. We can't say, hey, this league's too big, you know, and give valid reasons. You're not really checked in, you know. You're not responding to things. Hey, you might you might have moved away. You don't live here. Mm-hmm. Hey, we don't like you. Whatever the reason is. I mean, that's most of your reasons. I know. I mean, but like DFW, that's still cool, right? So the fact that I moved to St. Monica and I'm no longer Like if you actually have no tie to St. Anne, you should just be a... You know, actually, this podcast was to bring you together to actually have a crucial conversation. (laughs) That's right. On the air, live. So, I mean, but all joking aside, Mm. I do think our culture struggles so much with crucial conversations. Yeah, man. Um... So and you as, must see this in vocations all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so many ways to go with this. So as you all know, we um, we don't plan out point by point what we're going to talk about. But I think it's I think it's great that Joey brought this up. Um, you heard that. You yeah. <laughs> rewind yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Make that I think a drop. it's great that Joey uh, had a great point. Go no, ahead. it's just I've been thinking about this all morning. Um, really? Like it was actually the subject of my prayer. <laughs> um, I, I love it. I'm preparing my my homily for the twentieth Sunday of Ooh. Ordinary Time, Year C, Year C from Luke twelve or something, okay, somewhere in there. Um, but just the the readings for this Sunday are all about prophetic boldness in the face of mm. uh, undesirable consequences. Like the first reading is Jeremiah getting thrown into a well because he's speaking the truth. In a way that is not well well received. You see well, what I did there? See what yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a just, you know, trying out little jokes for, yeah, 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 for yeah. Sunday coming up. But um but yeah, I was I was praying about that this morning. Uh what does that look like in my- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say it again. <laughs> say it again. <laughs> the threw Jeremiah into a well because what he said <laughs> was not well received. <laughs> there you go. We're going to have to one work on the One minute the late. Shot. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, no. But but yeah, to go in the vocation director direction, um, there are guys who come and talk to me and have really kind of built up 
this this dream of the priesthood, uh, and it's just not going to work out. They don't have the capacity for it, or right. the call's not there, and they want it for a different reason. Right. And I, that's that's not one of the happier parts of my my job. Um, but you have to have that kind of crucial conversation, and there's so much freedom in there when you do. Right. Like the Lord is really active when you do. Uh, but it's it's intimidating knowing that you have to to have that and it's so easier. Yeah. So so much easier not to and mm-hmm. to shy away from it somehow. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's really been on my mind a lot. I'm, I'll say I mean, it, I'll say it again. I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> is uh I mean, you've seen it go both ways then. When you're trying to have that conversation, you see people respond well and yeah. some people that shut down. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Because when we were talking about this with somebody like, you know, it's our job to live out Christian values and to, you know, and I'm like, OK, I feel that it that people are saying when you're actually addressing something that's hard, that could go um, in a negative light for somebody that could be challenging for somebody to hear hearing hey, you're not really participating in this and our desire is like, I, and maybe this is on me, but once money's involved, I'm a youth minister. I don't got a lot, okay? So it's a more serious thing than, you know, a group of just friends being like, hey, we're just, you know, having, you know, having fun, whatever, Right. Once you involve something, the, the, the stake, the, the Annie, you know, is like leveled up. I'm like, let's, let's be men about this and talk about this and be like, Hey, you're not putting into that, you know? And it's okay. It's okay. But see, people aren't okay being okay. Mm. They, they, they have to feel one way or another. They have to be like really upset. Or I've just, I've never seen it really go well. Yeah. I mean, is there a case that you have? Um, I mean, in, in vocations work, yes, uh, definitely. Those so are, you've said to somebody like, hey, man, not, not going to cut you. it. No, yeah. Or not for you. And I don't know how, tr- I mean, unveil the curtain. I don't know how much you can unveil the curtain. But, I mean, there's all different tests they take and different things, right? Like, there's... Yeah, but these conversations are before they get oh, okay. to that stage. Not um, ever happening at that stage saying, hey, this came back, red flags, we not, got released. Not yet for me. Yeah. Um, just uh, the, Well, that's so, going to so, stink. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so to pull back, yeah, because you can't lean on that right. uh, as much. But so it is a different thing than fantasy football, and it is in a lot of ways. No way. Um, <laughs> no, they're exactly the same. You're right. <laughs> Fantasy um, <laughs> football, your vocation in life, vocation perfectly to the perfectly analogous, amazing, complete overlap. Um, but yeah, I can. I think I can talk about that well enough without uh, going into specifics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, just the process. What does it look like? Um, my role as vocation director for the the diocese of Dallas is very much to accompany those who are discerning. Um, it, one of the differences with the fantasy football league is like every God has a plan for everyone <laughs> where it's like that analogy breaks down real fast. Uh, he has a plan like, for some of us yeah, to be winners. There's, there's a fantasy league for everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, they're called those free ones that no one cares about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but with vocation, like like there's there's less fear when you can get that to sink in. That like mm. God might not be calling you to this, even though that's where your heart is. But I know that He is calling you to something. Uh, we See, know. I would assume it's totally the opposite for somebody interested Sometimes. in the priesthood that the guys that you want really are fighting it being like, I know I'm called to this, but that's, I really want to date someone or do like, yeah. I, I almost flip it compared to the guy who's like, I want this so bad and you have to turn them down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is, it is like that sometimes, but not always. Yeah. Like if we, if we think of, I don't think he'll mind us sharing this cause he's talked about pretty publicly at St. Anne, but our former pastoral year seminarian here now, uh, Deacon Alex, like mm. he wanted to be a priest from when he was, like sophomore, junior in high school, right? Relatively early, right? And was just totally bought in. So by the time he's talking to a vocation director seriously about entering seminary in his senior year of high school, like he's already he's he's committed to this. He must have had a good youth minister. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a history. Yeah. Be here. careful. Be careful there, <laughs> everybody. In case you don't know, I was. Uh, Alex's youth minister for two years of his life in Ennis, Texas. Yeah, yeah. When You're that welcome. that like you know, totally bought in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sold totally out for the priesthood. No. Uh, Eighth grade. It was. It was. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So so I see people like that sometimes, but they are more rare. Right. Um, sometimes I'll see people who are running from difficulty in their life. Uh, they failed in a relationship, or they failed in. Um, finding a job or there's something else that makes the priesthood or seminary look desirable mm-hmm. because it's more desirable than what they have. So they don't see it as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. They see it as a safer place. Right. And that's not good discernment. And so people like that, I will have to, to work with. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're not called, but that initial reason is not, is not good. And we have to push past that and see like, right. where, where is the, the Lord is inviting me to go sell all I have mm. and then come follow him. Where is where is that sense of sacrifice and of laying down my life? Find um, the pearl of greatest prize. Yeah. All the things. Like that's that's all uh, the cliches. Yeah. Uh, the mean, Bible. No, uh, all the scriptural <laughs> passages. Yeah, that's what you wanted um, to say. All the cliches. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll meet people who are who know that they have to be open. Right. This is this is what it means to take your faith seriously, to be open to where God leads you. Um, but they they kind of they'll they'll take that and they'll also take an idea that like to pursue holiness you have to go uh, down a priesthood track. They'll identify the two things, and uh, for people like that, the conversation ends up being more relieving for them because they have a fear that like, what if I'm called to this, but I have no interest in it. And I'll just tell them that's not really how God works. Like there's gotta be a positive call, right? Um, not running from something, but also not just like <laughs> the sense of like condemnation <laughs> to a state in life that you feel no interest in, uh, in pursuing. Like that's not how God's grace draws us. Right. Sometimes there can be fear, um, about the cost of it, like the personal cost, the social cost, the fear of what if I pursue this and I'm wrong 
um, the fear of like, I'm not sure how I could be happy yet in this. Mm -hmm. But if that's not mixed in together with some like attraction towards following Jesus in that way, right? Then it it's pretty easy. It's okay. I I don't see evidence of a call here yet. Um, but then yeah, then what you said is also true. There there are people who, um, and I think a lot of people, uh, and I don't get to talk to all of them, but there are definitely people, and I was one of them, who have this tug on their heart, uh. To at least go and see, could the Lord be calling me this way? Um, and never act out on it or super reluctant to act out because they're You're like, they're I want to be a famous golfer. I want to go on the live tour. <sighs> Man, I had so many dreams. Yeah, that was way before the live tour. But you could be making hundreds of millions for life. Dollars. Just build the biggest barns <laughs> to keep all my live tour money in. Exactly. Um, yeah. So there, there is like... That's also, that's the flip side of it. Um, and I, I guess just final final thing on that with uh, the way vocations interact. Um, a conversation that I have with a lot of people, um, those discerning priesthood and those not, um, is what the universal call to holiness looks like um, and what how that intersects with vocation. Uh Jesus calls us all to follow him as his disciple, to give our whole life to follow him as his disciple. Right. Like to hold nothing back and to follow him wherever he goes, step by step, day by day, waking up and saying, Lord, how can I give my whole life to you today? That's not something that's contingent on solving the vocational puzzle uh, right. before you get started. That's that's a this starts now kind of thing. Right. Um the other side of that is that like by our nature, we're made for marriage. Um, we are all called to marriage in that sense. Mm. And so for those who have a, a desire for the priesthood, but they find themselves caught back and forth between like, I think God might be calling me to be a priest, but I so desire marriage also mm. like that's, that's what it feels like. Right. <laughs> uh, when someone, um, when someone's called to be a priest, that's that's what it feels like. If there's no desire for marriage, then that's, I don't know, There's you're missing that sense of sacrifice, and right. there's, there's something else to be alarming, explored there. Right? Exactly. You know, somebody's like, I've never wanted to be married. It's like, okay, let's talk about that, right? Yeah. Um, I was that's looking up, not what priesthood looks like. Right. I was looking up the titles when, when you were talking, because I always get confused on a, a few of them of, okay, so we're millennials. Uh, yeah. The title of the generation. And then there's Gen Z. And then... Gen X is older than us. Yeah, Gen X is before us. We're on, the, like, the cusp of Gen X. Um, sometimes my wife says I'm more of a Gen X person. Really? Than, uh I, I think you, too. Like, with certain responsibilities. I'm kind of an through. old soul. Yeah, yeah, old soul. <laughs> and then there's, like, iGen or... Um, uh, th- like the current one. So really what you're dealing with though. iGen is after Gen Z or is the same thing? Yeah. iGen is after Gen Z from what I oh, just. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. Gen Z is after 2012 us. To 2012. Before iPhones really. Right? Yeah. And, no. I iPhones, iPhones, were iPhones were 2008. Yeah. So it's till 2012 ish. This one article at least had it. And then okay. I- iGen. But they're saying that Gen Z iGen, a lot of people will call like the silent generation. Right. Um, 
I bring that up in this conversation because I do specifically think it impacts both of us. And maybe that's why I'm so passionate about it as a millennial dealing with other millennials in a fantasy football league is guys, this is something (laughs) insignificant. Like we're not even talking about like eternal salvation or morals. And we're having a problem addressing like just something head on. Right. If we can't have a crucial conversation on this. Yeah. How can we about anything? No wonder there's issues with, you know, uh, gender and all these other things that we're struggling with in our society when everybody just kind of wants to be silent and sit back. And um, that's what I'm wondering how that's played out now, specifically in regards to you're mostly dealing with Gen Z uh, guys discerning yeah. the priesthood. And so um, I wonder if it would have been different if you were vocation director of Gen Xers, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it, yeah. Um, yeah. Might be easier. I mean, just even in your experience of knowing people that are Gen X, I feel like they're more vocal or willing to share mm-hmm. like feedback or things like that, which is interesting in the workplace of even being in a church, you know, how often that we don't share feedback because we're worried about kind of coddling somebody and making them like, I'm not saying to belittle someone. I'm not saying to just no, like no. go into somebody but like healthy like that. feedback. Yeah. Healthy to have feedback, a, healthy conflict. Frank conversation. Yeah. I mean, I first learned about it when I was on net, healthy feedback, healthy conflict. Mm-hmm. And because I needed, I needed it a lot. I was a young guy and I did a lot of things that were wrong. And it was the first time that somebody was able to say, hey, let's talk about this, you know, and not just like chew me out, not just like report me, not like, you know, like these things that we feel are passive aggressive where it's just like that person just goes to our boss. They don't address it with us. They don't Mm -hmm. say, hey, like there's this issue. Let's talk about it. And we might disagree on it, but that's okay. It's like the disagreeing um, is a bad thing in this generation. If we disagree it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a moral judgment somehow. Um, I mean, that's how it's perceived, right? Right. You can't disagree about anything meaningful without it being some sort of judgment passed on the other person's character. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to bring it back to prophecy for a minute <laughs> just to, to read Pers- the passage. Personal revelation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm getting a word. Um, but just to, to read this passage from Jeremiah 38 that came to mind when you were talking about crucial conversations mm. and just um, like the obstacles towards having those. Um, they are very present in our current day, but they're also just the kind of thing that is true in some way um, in human nature throughout history. So this is from Jeremiah 38. I'm just going to read the first part. In those days, the princes said to the king, Jeremiah ought to be put to death. He is demoralizing the soldiers who are left in the city and all the people by speaking such things to them. He's not interested in the welfare of our people, but in their ruin. King Zedekiah answered, he is in your power for the king could do nothing with them. There's a lot there like that. That means, okay, so the king's response that he could do nothing with them means that he's capitulating when he knows it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a pilot move. Pontius pilot, not like airline pilots. Are you a, yeah. Um, the princes of the land. So these are, you know, not the king, but 
right? Uh, the younger guys, um, or I guess what lesser, whatever, not younger. Anyway, um, Jeremiah ought to be put to death. He's demoralizing the soldiers that are left in the city. Like, I don't know. That sounds disproportionate to me. Yeah. He's demoralizing the soldiers and the people by speaking such things to them. He's not interested in their welfare, but in their ruin. Therefore, he should be put to death. Mm. Like, that's just, I don't know. That's that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, a reluctance to have a real conversation with someone, even if you know that it is being done out of love and it is for their good. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a fear of this kind of reaction. Yeah. This person just wants my ruin. Mm-hmm. They're saying things that, you know, I, I would rather just not have them as a part of my life. Um, right. If they're going to say such things. that That's, I think, the kind of fear that holds a lot of people back. Right. Um, Which I think brings us to a point of saying, so how do we do that appropriately? Because we can say, hey, I want to I present this to you in love and in charity. Um, and a part of it, I think is important for us to realize you cannot own the other person's feelings yeah. and the way they take that. If you truly took this to prayer, approach this in charity, approach this in love, speak kindly while you're doing it. Like you can't own if they're like livid or upset. Like you can't own that. That's not your responsibility. Um, now we all struggle with it. I struggle with that. Like, right. Like we never want to say something that's going to offend somebody that bad. But, um, you know, I, I think of a few things and I want you to toss out some too is first is if you feel a tugging on your heart to say something like, I truly believe that is the Holy spirit and you're called to address it. Right. Like if something is bothering you or coming back to you saying like, man, I really want to say something to this person out of true charity and love. I think, I think that's a prompting from the Lord to say, Hey, you should actually say something to that person. (laughs) How many times have we been in that situation where like the Lord put it on our heart to say something right. And we actually, you know, in boldness stepped out. You, you kind of get those examples in scripture too. Um, who was it? Nathan with Daniel? No, Nathan with David. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, David was just making very poor choices, right? And, and Nathan, even though he was going to the king, like stepped out in boldness and said something, right? Or the yeah. story of Esther. That and man her. is you. Yeah. That's, that's where that phrase comes from. That man is you. From oh, the, I thought you were saying from, to me. Yeah. That man is me. No, that's not you. <laughs> that man is you. That's a that's what Nathan says to David. Right. And a king, king in those times would put you to death. Right. For something like that. That's a that's a yeah. real risk. Yeah. We just went through it in our middle and high school or our middle school Bible study, the story of Esther, and what she did to step out and address mm-hmm. conflict with the king and do it with prudence. And wisdom and, um, and grounded in prayer, grounded in prayer. Thank you. It brought me to my second point of being grounded in prayer and fasting um, to take that moment to uh, say, Lord, what do you want me to say? Not my own words, but your words. And also to fast, to sacrifice something and say, I know this is going to be really tough. What if I offered a sacrifice for this? Mm-hmm. Get so, some skin in the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Those are a few I got. What else? Anything else you got? Uh, this is... So, the first thing that comes to mind, actually, is from my favorite TV show, Stiesel. Oh, gosh. The it always TV comes, show. <laughs> it always comes back to Stiesel. Ultra-Orthodox Judaism. Um, it's awesome. Uh, there's there's a lot of really good stuff in there. And there there's one scene where Shulam, uh, the, the father of the family, is... He's giving counsel to his son, Kive, uh, who is like a substitute teacher at this point. Mm. He's not good at teaching. He hasn't had much experience. He needs needs to learn some things. And one of the things he needs to learn is like what it looks like to give discipline out of love when it's needed. Right. Um, and not to shy away from it, but not to ever do it in anger. And, and it's it's really cool because at the same time as he's giving that advice, he's also like, doing that to his son Kive, uh, mm. who is very very flighty and and like he needs kind of a he needs this sort of charitable word um uh spoken and it's it's just really really cool what he says like he he says that you should never you should strive to have every hint of anger um completely mastered um, mm. before you say, cause you know, righteous anger can come up, but his, his point is that it can also, it can poison this message. Yeah. And, um, I think what you're saying about prayer and fasting, um, to prepare for a crucial conversation is, is exactly on point. Part of what you're doing is you're setting up a bulwark against any kind of emotion that could be misinterpreted and can take away from, from the message uh the other thing is that uh two other things um (laughs) (laughs) actually seven sub (laughs) actually seven sub points to the first thing (laughs) i'll just skip to the second thing um i i want to qualify it a little bit um because i know uh, that a lot of people suffer from scrupulosity Mm. uh which which manifests itself as a strong fear of transgressing even accidentally mm-hmm. um the the will of god somehow um and so it's a good desire that gets kind of twisted up and right. it's it's not their fault people who suffer from scrupulosity especially to a strong degree mm-hmm. like there's a lot of of healing that needs to take place and and it's a real burden yeah um but i also just want to qualify what we're saying uh for them because like to to have this prompting, right? This, uh, I feel like I need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that you that you want to discern well. Um, but if that, if you know for yourself that you s- struggle from scrupulosity, you can expect to feel that kind of prompting in kind of like a, a gone haywire way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're committing a mortal sin every time that you don't like go and stop somebody um, right. from jaywalking or right. Like, like it can, it can play out to a really severe degree. Right. Um, and so I just want to qualify it a little bit, but, yeah. but I think more often than that, if we can sort of like tie the bow on, on those cases, yeah. um, like I think much more often and culturally, uh, we suffer from the opposite, which is 
anticipating a bad reaction and kind of hiding uh, behind, you know, a fear or maybe this isn't my it's being paralyzed in not, that fear or anxiety. Role. Yeah, and for that, I would I would say like to to pray with the way Jesus instructs his disciples. He says, "If anyone would be my disciple, like you have to take up your cross and follow me." He who would seek to save his life must lose it. Mm. Those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Like it's a fear of losing our lives in some sense that holds us back of being thought badly of or having someone cut us out of their life. And Jesus says part of being a disciple of his is, is facing that fear head on and knowing that he can raise up even from the dead. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, investing into the relationship in such a way that you have the requisite level of intimacy to be able to actually be heard. Yeah, that's important too. That's really, really important. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before, right? Um, more with uh, like what consolation in grief looks like. Yeah, uh, than the sort of fraternal correction or speaking in charity. Yeah. that we're talking right now. Um. But this is this is part of being a disciple of Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think any of us gets to gets to avoid it. And I I guess I'll just end my part by saying, um, like I have had a few of these conversations as vocation director where I thought it was going to end up really badly. Mm. Um, I thought it was going to crush the person, and. I did pray a lot before that conversation and I did yeah. try and like put skin in the game yeah. and, and not just shy away from, from even the anticipation of the hurt. Right. Um, but try to purify my own intention and just all of this. And I've seen the Lord work a lot of healing mm. through those and bring about a lot of freedom. Um, when we just have the courage to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, final, final point, because I thought one more. But but like the, to develop this virtue in ourselves, um, we should approach it like any other virtue, where you take it step-by-step, step, small things, mm-hmm. repeated, intentional action. That's how we build up a habit of any kind. Yep. That's how we build up virtue, which means that like, sort of he who's faithful in the small things will be given, will be entrusted with the larger things. Yep. Like, we can't, just push this off to well you know if i get hauled before the the tribunal one day and have to bear witness to christ like Mm -hmm. i I don't want to deny him or like you know this like martyrdom scenario yeah we're not just talking about that we're talking about the real little things Mm -hmm. um where we know that we have a responsibility to act uh but there's also a temptation or a fear uh to shirk our duty like those are the small things that we're called to be faithful in Mm-hmm. And that's also how we develop the strength of character that comes from experience of trust in the Lord right? in action. Uh, that prepares us for the bigger things. Okay. That was my final, final point. No final point. Well, let's pray for that. All right. Let's do it. I'm going to do it. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We're grateful for you, all you do in our lives. We ask you, Lord, to give us the courage to have those crucial conversations. We ask you for wisdom um, 
and guidance in those moments. We ask you for the ability um, to relate to the people we want to speak to and to embrace them, um, to come to them with charity and love. Um, We ask, Lord, that uh, you may be with us in each situation, guiding us to know um, what to say, how to approach it, what to do. And to know, Lord, too, if we come and approach it in prudence and wisdom and love, um, that we are not responsible for the outcome or the backlash. We just pray for the courage if there's anyone in our lives that we're supposed to have a crucial conversation with. And we we pray that uh, this coming week, each of us may do that. Ask us through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Boom. All right. I left a Good moment there for you to like do a blessing, but you wouldn't. I don't know how I feel about like oh, over here we the go. air blessings. Over the air bless. Okay. <laughs> it always comes back to this. Anyway, uh, feel free to keep on submitting those questions, thoughts, ideas. Uh, StAnnParish.org slash PTP or prodigalandthepriest at gmail.com. On behalf of Joey Scancella, Father Paul Bechter, take care. God bless.